right. I like really like water. Yeah. For some reason. <clears throat> okay. So as some of you guys might have heard, we're actually going to be talking about body image tonight, and we're going to be talking about the way that God sees us and the way that we see ourselves. Okay, so uh, the first thing I just want to start out with doing is uh, I, I really believe that God's anointed me and he's given me an authority to speak about this topic specifically, and this is something that I've struggled with, that I've fought with, and that I'm still contending against. So I really want to start this out by um, just sharing something that I don't know if I'm going to share this at the beginning of every sermon I ever do. <laughs> I haven't done that many yet, but I really believe that God actually sees us as his sons and he loves us so completely. So I just want to start out by just having a time where you guys just repeat after me. So get ready. Here we're going to go. Are you ready to be excited? Yeah. Are you ready to be excited? Okay. okay. So we're going to say this. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Of all my sins. Of all my sins. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me. And I am superb. And I am superb. Yeah. Okay. So that word superb, if you guys haven't heard it, it's a really cool word. According to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, don't quote me on this, just kidding. It's, uh, it means extremely good or excellent or brilliant in a very noticeable way. It goes on to give a full definition that says, marked to the highest degree by grandeur, excellence, brilliance, or competence. Yo, that's close. <laughs> okay. And then... Um, what I really just want to say is that God has actually made us to be superb. And this is my way of trying to tell you guys that you rock. This is my own words, my own way of saying that we are superb. That there's something weird about hanging out with Jesus. That you could take people from 12 different temperaments, from 12 different backgrounds. And every single one of those dudes could walk away from spending a day with Jesus thinking, man, I am just so awesome. I'm like, dude, no, I'm the most awesome one. And I get that there's some pride stuff going on there, guys. But there's something so beautiful about hanging out with Jesus and just believing that you were created to be awesome awesome, right? And my word to describe that is superb because we want to be brilliant in a very noticeable way, <laughs> okay? And that's how I believe God made you. So the first verse I want to start out with is Genesis one twenty seven. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. <clears throat> okay, so I know that we may have heard that we're made in the image of God, but I don't think we often stop to think about what that means. It means that when people look at us, they are staring at a reflection of God. Look, I'm not saying that we are God, but I am saying that we bear his image. No one, and not no one, but not very many people have seen God, and no one has really seen him in his fullness, but we can see each other. And so God, as an invisible being, has chosen to reveal himself through people that we can see. And so he's chosen to actually show his image, his characteristics, his traits, and even the very way that he actually looks in his whole face through the way that you look. Okay, so there's different parts that we all carry in our bodies and the way that we live our lives that are meant to point to God. that's why the, it, the invisible attributes of God are so clearly revealed in his creation because the creation was all meant to be reflections and things that would highlight or point to an aspect of God and who he is. Okay, so I really want to drill this point home and give you a natural example for it. But first, I want to invite my cuz up to release a prophetic word. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is actually going to be the first time that my cousin has seen this painting. He asked the Lord for a prophetic word about sure this did. painting. And here you go. <laughs> not what you're expecting. <laughs> it's not. But I did get a word. 
I can hold it or something. <laughs> Boom! There we go. I love that. I'll like walk around a little bit so it's like user friendly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so um, I didn't know who the person who's it for or who it was for. But um, I was like, this painting is for a person who's going through a really tough transition period. But God says that the transition period is over. You are coming into a season of newness and revitalized life. <clears throat> you are going to begin to experience him more than you ever have, or you are already starting to experience him in new ways. Keep your eyes on the prize. You haven't failed. And he's saying that my eyes are watchful over your life. Even when you feel unprotected, my hand was over your life. I was closer than the breath on your lips. And then I got Psalms 134, verse 14. Give me a second. Work with me. <laughs> I love you got you this. <laughs> hey, okay. It's the word. Hold on. This is not even a little bit awkward. Don't worry about it. No, dude. Uh, <laughs> there's a piece of... Hey, y'all, we got some memorized scripture back there. I don't... Let me, let me look. Yo, dude. Is it time for, like, a fact check? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dang. I wrote it wrong. Hey, yeah. yo, PA's on it. Look at PA. Don't worry about it, dude. I got your back. Oh. He's killing it right now. Oh, killing it. Get him. And it says... I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay. And then in the version that Taylor had, it says that, um, I forgot it. Oh, I forget it. Because I didn't (laughs) write it down. My problems. And then Acts 3, 3 through 10. And it's the story of the man at the gate, beautiful. That's good. I'll just give y'all paraphrases. Yo, this is the John version. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. But, uh, it's the man at the gate, beautiful. And it's like, he was in a tough, tough transition period. And when he goes and he sees Peter and John, and he's like, hey, you know, like, alms? And he has his head down. And they're like, look at me. And I was like, well, why would they tell him to look at him? Why didn't they just, like, reach their hand down and pray for him? And it was like, well, he had to have his eyes focused wow. where he was going. Wow. And then he says, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have. You know what I'm saying? And I was kind of like, oh. And then when they extended his hand, it was an action. Like, okay, now you have to take action. That's yeah. good. So it's sometimes, like, we look at it and we're like, hey, there's the goal right there, but uh, I'm cool here. You know, but we have to take action to get pulled out of the old season into yeah. the new season. That's good. So, That's good. I don't know who it's for, but. Okay. Cool. That was it. I think. Cool. Well, if that falls down at some random point during the sermon, just pretend like it never happened. So anyways, uh, that was actually a painting that I made. That's the first time in my life that I've actually sat down and intentionally painted something. And so I actually feel really weird about showing it to anybody. I feel a little bit embarrassed. But what I really want to say with this painting is that when there is an artist that makes a creation, that makes a painting like this, that when you give praise to the piece of art or when you give criticism or offer feedback to that, it actually speaks directly to the skill of the artist. Okay, so it's not like the painting is actually receiving the honor directly or receiving the criticism or receiving the feedback. It's actually as if the artist's skill is put on a pedestal or put somewhere where people can assess it through looking at the creation. This is the way that God wants us to start seeing our bodies as his creation, as a reflection of the way that he looks. Okay, so... um, 
Yeah, that was cool. Anyways, so now... That's a good word! Okay, so uh, if you guys want to turn, our main passage for the night's going to be out of the ESV translation. It's Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to be starting in verse 25, and I'm going to kind of just read through this whole thing. Um, this truth about the... Uh, the work of art actually bringing honor to the artist is fundamental, and it actually is a comment on how we can give honor or dishonor and how our bodies can actually reveal God and His character. So I want to pull this truth out of a piece of Scripture. So again, Matthew six twenty-five. I'm going to read through parts of this kind of fast and then slow down when we get to the part that is more significant. But all of this is just like, it's the Bible, man. This is like words in red type of deal. All right, so this is Jesus talking, and he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, sorry, I kind of memorized multiple translations there. <laughs> Anyways, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. And so what I want to really bring out of the text here is something that has been plainly said for years, but we maybe have not seen. Tonight, we're going to keep it really simple, and we're just going to say that God doesn't want us to worry about what we're going to eat. He doesn't want us to worry about what we're going to drink, and he doesn't want us to worry about what we're going to wear. So let's talk clothes for a second, okay? So when you're going shopping for clothes, and there's some people out here who totally know what I mean. Vanessa is one of them. Okay, when you're going shopping for clothes, you're going to consider the style, you're going to consider the color, and if you're like me, you're going to consider the texture, right? That's one of the most important things. But as you guys are hearing that list, there's a lot of things that I left out. And for those more logical people out there, I'm sure you're like, bro, there is one thing that is more important than all of those things, even price when you're buying clothes, okay? And that is size. Bro, if you don't get clothes that are the right size that fits you, you can't even sport that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's really close. <laughs> okay, so... Anyways, Good work. Good you got to find the right size before you buy clothes. So to put it bluntly, I don't worry about what size I wear. I might pay attention to that when I'm like making a decision. So the way I want to just make this sound as clear as possible is that if we don't worry about the clothes that we wear, that speaks of not worrying about some of those factors that go into the decision so that we're not having anxiety about those dimensions that help us decide. So if I don't worry about my clothes then that means I don't worry about what dress size I wear, okay? And I know some of you are thinking right now, like, I'm not a woman, and, you know, me too, I'm also not a woman. And so if you want to, instead of... <laughs> and so if, if you want to, like, instead of dress size, you want to do, like, pant width or, like, whatever, you know, like, just, you know, substitute your word. But the way that I really just want to make it deep and hit us hard is that if I don't worry about my clothes, I don't worry about what dress size that I wear, Okay? 
And uh, this is actually a point that I got from Dominic's cousin's wife, Gina Groves. So I just want to do a shout out to her. And I want to just give a plug for this is why it's so awesome to learn things about scripture from women. Because she really unlocked a truth that was in this passage. And this was one of my favorite verses, one of the first things I studied. I used to uh, lead a Christian club and they wanted me to study closely Matthew chapter 6. And so this is one of the first things when I got saved that I studied. And I have learned it for years and years and years. And I never saw that. (laughs) Okay. So um, now this is where it gets like really crazy. So we're about to get really vulnerable. But I want you guys to know that you're my family. And I trust you guys. And I want to open up to you. And I want to be the one who goes first and setting a standard of what it looks like to be vulnerable. Come on. Okay. So... When I was growing up, and even for half of my lifetime, I have spent thinking that I was ugly, oddly shaped, totally obese, unlovable, and (laughs) you're really going to laugh at this last one, alien looking. All right, cool, yes. I really thought that thing in my head. (laughs) Okay, so there are a lot of us who struggle with body image issues, and we owe it to ourselves and our brothers and sisters to stop being quiet about it. Okay, we can get help, and we can challenge these lies together. Most of my healing process has actually been sharing with others to expose the lie. And I know even as I spoke through some of that list, especially like alien looking and stuff like that, you know, you guys might think that it sounded kind of ridiculous when you're saying it out loud. But I got to tell you, when you're sometimes by yourself and you're looking in the mirror and you're like, bro, does my forehead really look like that? Or like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that like, it can seem like it's like so real. You know what I'm saying? You're like, how low does it go? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, so I, think, so I think really one of the ways that I've gotten freedom from this is that when I verbalize some of the lies that speak in my mind that are so loud and I, I say them out loud, it's actually ridiculous and I get to start laughing at that to break its power off of me. And in the beginning, guys, when you, when, you, when you look in the mirror and you're like, dude, like alien looking, you might not actually laugh initially. So I would encourage you something that helped me because some of the lies, even out loud, they still felt true. I found a friend, you know, someone like Dominic where I could say, hey, Dom, like I'm really fat. <laughs> and then we could just both like laugh at it and just be like, that's ridiculous, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so if, if, you, if you're having trouble when you say the lie out loud and you still feel like it has power over you, I totally encourage you that we're in a family that we can stand together. And if we speak these lies out loud to each other, we can laugh at them to break their power together. Come on. Okay. So tonight, I want to take you guys on a journey of falling in love with the way you look, you know? And <laughs> okay. So there's actually some, there's actually a crazy journey that I went on in trying to get healing from body image issues. And there was really two roots that were supporting these issues in my life that I didn't even know about. So it wasn't just a matter of me breaking agreement with these lies. It wasn't just a matter of me starting to get freedom from this, starting to laugh at these lies, break their power, because there was a root that constantly would cause them to come back into my life. It didn't matter how many times I met up with Dominic or how many times I shared with Taylor or Taylor, you know, (laughs) like the lies still had power over me and they would just come back. And I didn't realize there was this root underneath the tree and I was like, take out that trunk, you know, it's like over and over again and it would just grow back. All right. So the two roots that I want to expose for you guys, I'm not bringing this up so that I can condemn you, but I want to help you on your journey for freedom. Because if someone would have told me this is the thing that's feeding those lies in your mind, I would have got freedom, man. Faster. Okay, so let's say, um, 
And the two roots are sexual immorality and actually demonic influence. And I know that in the beginning it might not sound like, wow, is that really related to the way that I see myself and the way that I think my forehead looks and stuff like that? But let's focus on sexual immorality first, okay? The way the Bible puts it is like this. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. I'm going to be reading out the NLT. It says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. And really the big truth that I want to lift out of that is saying that sexual immorality is actually a sin against your own body. That we didn't really know what it cost us when we did some of those things and we engaged in some of those sexually immoral actions. We didn't really know what it was taking away from us. Okay, So other sins are outside of the body um, and they can affect your body, but sexual immorality clearly impacts the way that you see yourself. And we're going to break it down a little bit more, but just before we go there, I just want to bring out the truth that sexual immorality is not just limited to physical actions, okay? It actually is thoughts as well and fantasies as well. And part of the reason you know that this is a sin against your own body, that this is a way of hurting your own body, is because these thoughts and these fantasies actually impact your body as well. You know, and I'm not going to go into it too much. You do feel it, you know, when you have the thoughts like when you engage in the physical activities as well. And I just want to say that conversely, on the flip side of things, that there is actually a wholeness and security that your body has when it's not under constant attack and constant siege from sexual sin. These sins actually give us a temporary good feeling. And if we're honest with ourselves, you know, that's the reason why most people do it. It's because of that good feeling. But beloved, hear me when I say that the feeling of being free is far greater. And it's not something I just want to throw into the long run and say, hey, if you struggle now, then you can be free like over the course of your life. I really think that in the short run, in the right now, in the 30 seconds, it actually feels better to be free and not have your body under attack. It actually gives you a pleasure level that is higher and will abide instead of something that leaves you feeling empty and lonely and especially with some of those thoughts or the more lonely side of the sexual immorality actions you feel very isolated when it's over you know you feel that pleasure and then there's just this isolation and so I really want to bring this up because this was one of the roots that was feeding the body image issues in my life and I didn't realize that when I took out that trunk and I broke agreement with those lies it would come back because it was getting nourished by this thing that I wasn't willing to give up to the Lord. All right. So when we sin sexually, we're not honoring God with our bodies. Jesus saved us and he desires a lifetime of partnership with us. Our partnership with him is marked by sacrifice and praise. So let's run together with purity and holiness for the praise of his name. Look, when someone loves me, I want to love that person. I mean, we love God because he first loved us. So don't we want to give him something in return? Not because we have to, but because we want to. You know, if you're in a relationship with someone, even in just a friendship, you don't want to just do what they say or just, you know, follow their will, quote marks. You want to surprise them and you want to give them what they wish. You want to give them a gift that they're just thinking about. And that's something that we can start doing with God. Okay, so Romans 12.1, again, I want to take the verse and I want to show you that the truth is actually really simple that the bible has plainly said hey don't worry about your clothes and jesus was trying to give us this message about not worrying about our dress size and we didn't see it because we made it all like religious and stuff and there's a lot of other truths that you can pull out of these verses that are good but in romans 12 1 
In the NIV, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, okay? And just in case some of you guys are like, David's just like kind of interpreting these verses, just going off, okay? The word in Greek for pleasing, actually, if you look it up, it means pleasing. It's this word, eurestos, and it actually just means well-pleasing, gratifying, or fully acceptable. So I think what Jesus was trying to say in Romans 12:1 is that our bodies are pleasing to him, right? So that verse, I think a lot of times in the church, we interpret it to mean, let's offer God our whole bodies. Let's offer God our soul. Let's offer God our spirit. We just want to give him the fullness of who we are. And look, I don't want to say that that interpretation is wrong. That's a New Testament truth that's corroborated by other verses. But I do want to show you that what the verse plainly says is that we offer God our bodies and that he is pleased by them. Okay, I think actually, and this is totally my opinion, but I think actually verse two is the verse that goes on to talk about offering God your spirit and offering God your soul. And you can look at that later. That's a whole other sermon. But I believe Romans 12, one actually talks about offering God your body, your physical body, and that he finds aspects of your body pleasing, that he finds the details, the shape of your body, those things that reveal his character. He finds those things pleasing when you offer it to him. Okay, so. And this is, this is one of those things that I just want to offer to you as like a declaration of victory that I have declared over myself. You want to be okay in your own skin? You want to love your body? Then stop attacking it, okay? <laughs> Beloved, you can reach out to your community and cry out for help. Cry out to God. Let's learn to love ourselves and stop attacking our bodies with our words and with our sexually broken actions. Okay, so the next route that I kind of wanted to bring up with body image issues is actually the influence of the demonic. Okay, and I know some of you right now are like, look, I don't think there's any demons in my life. And I'm not trying to tell you there's a demon inside of you and his name. You know, what I'm trying to say is that we can, what I'm trying to say is that we can be free from the hold that these demons and their lies have on us. OK, there's no alteration that we can do to our bodies to break off the lie when it's inside of our heart. You know, you could get to any different size. You could do anything to change that earlobe thing. But if that lie is inside of your heart, it is never going to break. Okay, so when we agree with demonic lies about how we look, it can lead us to hate our bodies and believe that we look just plain ugly. What I want to say is that not every thought that crosses our mind is actually our own thought. That there is actually this guy named the father of lies who is Satan. And he is trying over time to sow lies and seeds of deceit inside of our minds. Okay. And so some of you might be wondering, like, hey, like, I'm a Christian, and I live under the anointing and the protection of the Lord. I got the Holy Spirit, yo. Like, these demons, they just going to bounce off of me, okay? And what I want to say is that even Jesus Christ himself in the wilderness was tempted by demons and tempted by Satan, okay? And that he actually heard the voice of Satan trying to lie to him. So Jesus was obviously in a place of holiness and right standing with God and under the protection of the Holy Spirit, and yet Satan himself was talking to Jesus. So some of these times when we think a random thought like I'm fat or I'm alien looking or some of these things that cross our minds, it's actually coming from the father of lies and from his minions. And so what I want to say is this little pipsqueak Satan tempted Jesus himself in the wilderness. And you better believe that imp and his minions are going to try their best to lie to you. And it's going to sound like your own thoughts. But most of the time, it's not. Okay, so whether it's demonic or it's just something that abusive parents have said over us or it's just something that we've believed ourselves, if I had a rational problem, you could help me fix that rational problem. Let's say I made like a mistake in my budget and then like the numbers didn't add up. You could be like, hey, you like messed up this line. You added instead of 
subtracting, okay? But with these body image issues, I could get a team of professionals and they could gather data to show me that I'm not fat. I could measure myself with any comparison and any measurement to prove to myself with facts that I am not fat, but it would not fix my problem. Because it's not a rational problem. There's not a rational solution to this problem because it's not rational. Because when we come into agreement with those lies that are from the enemy, there is nothing that I can do to my body to make it look okay. If I think that I look fat, I could drop 35 pounds and I would still think I look fat if I believed it on the inside. Okay, so finding evidence that's fat... Uh, finding evidence that we aren't fat <laughs> isn't about, uh, it's about breaking agreement with lies and using supernatural, mere, supernatural power to change mindsets that we've had. It's about having repentance to get free from these thoughts, okay? So I want to make a really quick comment here. We sort of have a culture in this church of sozo and receiving inner healings. So just really quick, I wanted to bring up that there are times where I've gone to Sozo's and there are times where I've tried to deal with issues in my life. And when I didn't deal with the root of the issue, it would not get broken. And I'm not trying to knock Sozo's. I understand a lot of times you ask God to highlight the roots. Look, sometimes there's roots that God has identified in a Sozo that I was not willing to even break. And there's times that because of the hardness of my heart, I don't think that root came up at all. So I'm presenting these two roots to you now so that when your heart is in a soft place, you can actually take them on and challenge them. Okay, because I think there's actually a lack of knowledge that has been making us perish in body image issues that we never knew that it could be tied to the way that we live sexually or we never knew that our own thoughts could actually be coming from demons especially because I'm not possessed by a demon, <laughs> you know, but those things can still lie to you. And it sounds like your thoughts and it's not an audible voice that's like, you know, snickering at you. <laughs> okay. So we live in this sozo culture, but I think that if we identify the possible roots of struggles that we have, we can better fight against them. Okay. So what I'm, what I really want to say is that, uh, I just want to talk more about that point of that. There's nothing that you can do to change your body. Okay, and so there was a time, a lot of you didn't know me, but some of you did, <laughs> when I used to actually weigh 130 pounds, I was a little bit shorter than I am right now, and uh, the doctor prescribed me to start taking protein shakes because I was at a weight that was dangerous for my health. Now, during this season, I actually believed that I was really fat, and I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it really happened, but I used to think that when I stood up straight and I looked down that I couldn't see my toes, and I don't, I don't know how to explain to you. I don't think that it was really true, but I honestly couldn't see my toes, so I, <laughs> what, what I really want to say to you guys is that during that season, I tried to drop more weight to try to get not fat. And I also ended up gaining 50 pounds and then I lost 30 more pounds. And no matter what was happening to my body, the image of myself that I saw in the mirror never changed. It got so bad that I stopped looking in the mirror altogether. You know, and you can ask some of my friends. When I was in high school, I was actually pretty skinny and I used to run a lot. But that was the season of my life that I thought that I was really fat. You know, and the reason I put on 50 pounds or maybe a little bit more, <laughs> um, the reason I put on so much weight was because the way that I coped with being fat was actually by stress eating. <laughs> so it was a little bit weird. I don't know if I had anorexia. I definitely had some weird ideas about the way that my body looked, but it would make me very stressed out. And I would just grab that bag of Cheetos or whatever it was. Um, Mostly Cheetos. Okay, anyways, so... <laughs> so just the point is, guys, I just want to get vulnerable for a second and say that as a man, I've struggled with body image issues. I thought that I looked alien. I thought that I, I looked fat even when I was skinny. I thought that I looked fat when I could probably do with losing a couple pounds. You know what I mean? But nothing changed 
inside when everything was changing on the outside. When I was getting to all kinds of different weights and even the face, the shape of my face did change slightly as I got older, like I still saw the same like misshapen, ugly, obese person inside of the mirror because something was wrong on the inside, you know? And for me, it was really these two roots. And there was people that encouraged me in my life, and there was times where I broke agreement with these lies, but I never could just walk in freedom, and I couldn't figure out why. Okay, so this is really awkward, but now we're just gonna, we're just gonna go for it, man. So I've actually battled with masturbation for half of my lifetime, and I know that there's men and women in here who are battling with the same kind of sexual immorality. And it's about time that we get free from everything that holds us down. And it's about time that we start to rise above sexual immorality, whether it has been pornography, fantasies, romantic sexualized novels, giving our bodies away, or in any form. Jesus is worthy for us to fight for. And I know that right now this might sound really condemning, but I'm trying to paint a picture for you guys. Not just to show you the roots, but to show you that there's something worth fighting for. It's not just our relationship with Jesus, but it's worth fighting for because if you get victory in one area of your life, if you start getting victory over those demonic lies, if you start getting victory and stop compromising in sexual immorality, the reason that pleasure level is actually higher is because you get free in the way that you see yourself, is that you stop hating the way that you look, okay? And so if we actually contend and we fight and we ask for help and we meet up with our, like, you know, accountability people and we do these strategies, then we can get healing and help in not just one area. We can live a life of wholeness and our entire body can feel whole. So I want to introduce you guys to a new normal Christianity, a new normal where we can actually walk in consistent victory. I think there's this perversion of mercy in the church where we've offered mercy to people before they ever fail. And we say, you know, look, it's, it's okay. Nobody's perfect and no one can really do it. And I understand what we're saying. I understand that we don't want to work for our salvation, that we don't want to earn it. But when we keep saying that it's okay not to be perfect, sometimes we start to believe it. Okay. And I think that mercy is actually something God has offered to us in that moment when you fail. So all that stuff, you know, theology-wise, to tell someone like, hey, man, you failed, but it's okay, that's great. And that's the type of thing that we need to hear when something goes wrong. But look, when we're in a place where we're starting to run and pursue God, we don't need to tell ourselves in our mind, you know what, like, I don't know if I could really do this anyways. We have to believe that victory is possible, that it's reachable with supernatural power. Otherwise, we won't fight for it. Otherwise, we won't contend for it. And look, it's, it's, sometimes it's not okay to fail. I mean, that's why God released his supernatural mercy that can just change things and make it okay. But it does cost you something, you know? It does cost you something to agree with those lies, okay? And so I just want to encourage you guys that Jesus actually set us free and gave us the power to stand up to all of this. And that if we're willing to fight, if we're willing to take a stand with our brothers and sisters, if we take a stand with our family against these struggles that we're having and that are going on in their lives, we can really get free. And so Galatians 5.1, I'm going to read it really quick. Uh, most of you guys can't turn there. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. I think it more accurately describes what this verse is trying to say based on the original Greek. Okay, And so what it says is, let me be clear. The anointed one, which is Jesus, has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back to the bondage of our past. 
And so I want to encourage you guys that we can stubbornly refuse to go back to the bondage of our past. And that every single time, if you remember at the beginning where we prayed, Jesus, would you forgive all my sins? That when you receive forgiveness, that he completely restores the standard. I remember one time in my life, I was sharing with Taylor Jensen, and I was trying to say that I had just failed, and I had gone back and done that masturbation thing again. And I was trying to apologize to the Lord, and I was saying, God, if you just forgive me, then I'm not going to do it again. And God, I'm sorry that I failed again. And there was this moment where I felt like the Holy Spirit himself like just pulled on my heart and said, Son, I have no idea what you mean when you say again. And there's actually... (laughs) There's actually... There's actually this truth that when we actually receive forgiveness from Jesus, that he completely erases all of our past. So I don't want you guys to feel condemned like, man, I am struggling with these demonic issues or like sexual immorality. Because look, when you ask for forgiveness, Jesus completely erases that and wipes the slate clean. The sins that you did in the past, those lies that you agree with, they don't even exist. If you try to go back to God right now and you're like, God, I'm sorry that I sinned Wednesday. He literally is not dumb and he's not just a senile grandfather, but he will not know what you're talking about because Jesus supernaturally removed it from you. He supernaturally took that bondage from your past off of you so that you would never have to return to it. Okay, so we're going to start getting really practical and uh, I'm going to start trying to wrap this up. So I'm going to show you guys three steps that I took to get free from sexual immorality and body image issues. Don't answer the phone. It's a trap. Okay. So... I'll drink to that. <laughs> oh, God. I love you. Okay. I love you. So, <laughs> let's. <laughs> okay. Let's get really practical for a second. Three things. <laughs> Three things that I did to help me get free um, was to just get a three-pack. You know what I'm saying? Okay, cool. So, <laughs> this is all weird, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, PAC is actually an acronym that I used to kind of keep track of what I was doing to get free in my life. Okay? And I really like the C. But anyways, we're going to go through PAC. And the first one, P stands for Possibility. Okay, and that thing that I share with you guys about mercy, I hope it didn't come off as condemning. But what I want to say is that if we don't believe that victory is possible, if we don't believe it, that there's a solution where we can walk consistently free, our brains will even subconsciously stop looking for the solution. If we don't believe that we can find it, that we can win, then we will not even start trying. Okay, mercy is actually for when you fail. It's not for before. Okay. So victory is possible. All right, anyways, so A for the three-pack actually stands for accountability. So, guys, we, we live in a family here, and I want you to know that you can find someone that you trust, and you can confess your struggle to them. Look, and if you don't have someone, if you approach some of the leaders and the crux team, they can help, they can be that person for you maybe. I don't want to, like, throw you out there. but And they can also help you find someone who can get connected with you to be that person who you can trust. And honestly, if you just, you know, approach most people, we're all family here, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you need help finding someone, then just... Just ask for it, okay? And when you find that person, sometimes it's hard to challenge the lies about your body and the way that you look. Sometimes when you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, man, like, dude, I just feel like I look ugly. You don't laugh at it because you still think that it's true. But if you get a friend that you really trust and you kind of let them know what you're doing maybe ahead of time, then you guys can laugh at it together to, like, break its power. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And some people just laugh all the time. Dominic's always laughed at those little things that I share with him. Uh, Okay. 
So the C is, is my favorite letter, okay? So I was doing PA for like my whole life, okay? And uh, I believe that it was possible to achieve victory, but I kind of felt like compromising. I had lots of accountability in my life, but I never was able to really get free from sexual immorality. And I want to be honest with you guys, I'm still battling. I had a season where I was free for two months. I'm still battling right now, but... The C stands for celebration, okay? Every bit of progress is glorious and it moves God's heart. We praise God and we celebrate each step. If you can make it like 30 minutes <laughs> without sinning, then that's really cool. And, and you, get that, you get that pleasure and that freedom that's actually greater and superior to the pleasures that you gain from sexual immorality. And I got to tell you, I have experienced some of that stuff and there is pleasure there, but the pleasure in following the Lord is actually far greater, okay? So I think it's about time that we as the image bearers of God, the ones who are meant to reveal the way that he looks, even with the physical aspects of our body, okay, that we start, what? That we start living like, <laughs> that we start living like we're new creations, okay? So Ephesians 4.24 says, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, Okay, so we've actually been created after the likeness of God and even our physical attributes have been formed in his image. Okay, so let me ask you a question really quick. Who is the most beautiful man ever? I'm going to make this really easy for you. The answer is actually Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Okay, I got that one right. All right, so, th so there's some verses that I could read to prove to you that Jesus is the most beautiful, but we're not really going to go through it right now. It's, it's, it's all through scripture, so he's the most beautiful one. <laughs> okay, and there's a, there's a declaration that I want to share with you guys, another thing that I, that I was using to get free. And before I go through it, I just want to say something, and I know some of you are going to be like, it's weird and you don't have to say this, but look, I am going to go through a declaration with you, and I'm about to use paternal words to describe God and some of the situations that we're going through. And I want you to know that God is only fully revealed in both sexes, okay? And so even though I'm going to be using paternal words as we're going through this next section, I don't want you to think that God is only revealed as a father, okay? I don't want you to think that he's only revealed in the male sex or as a patriarch, okay? I think that God actually is the image both male and female like we looked at in Genesis 1.27. So we don't get a full picture of what he looks like unless we look at man and woman, okay? All right, so, um, all right, beloved, you look like your daddy. <laughs> you have the image of God, the most beautiful, excellent one. That's the man that you look like. That's the beauty that you were created to be a reflection of. Now, you may think it's arrogant or prideful to think that the reflection is beautiful. I mean, it's only what it reflects that's beautiful, right? But if you think about the moon, it only reflects the light of the sun, but it has its own beauty, and it actually points to the glorious light called the sun. Okay, and we get our light and our beauty from the S-O-N and we reflect his beauty. So what I really want to say to you guys is that you are all beautiful. And I don't just mean that in a way that cheapens it. I mean that you're individually beautiful, that the way that you look is beautiful, not just because everyone's beautiful and God just loves everyone, that personally that you were actually created, even on the body level, to reveal aspects about God and the way that he is and the way that he looks, okay? Even with the way your cheekbones are shaped, okay? And your forehead's not that big, okay? <laughs> Okay. So, okay, so the last thing that I wanted to look at is just a review really quick, because I know we covered a lot of material, so there's really five points that we went over, and I just want to close with these points, okay? So I'm going to go through this kind of fast, um, and uh, just 
Look at the five points. First one is Matthew 6. If you remember, we talked about not worrying about what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear. Oh, good. They're on the screen. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. So, <laughs> so we, we talked about not worrying about what dress size we are, not worrying about the clothes that we wear and even the food that we eat. So if you just went like super vegan and stuff like that, it's okay to pay attention to your diet. It's okay to pay attention to the size of your clothes because, I mean, you got to buy the right clothes. But it's not something that should be creating anxiety for you. Okay. And uh, the second point that we went through uh, is body image issues can actually be rooted in sexual immorality. And if we stop attacking our bodies, we can be whole and we can begin to love ourselves. We can start that journey. Okay. And so I don't want you guys to feel condemned if you're struggling sexually. Like I've been there and I'm still fighting. I'm actually still contending against that. But I believe that there's something worth fighting for. And I could preach a sermon about our relationship with Jesus and how he's worth a lifetime of fighting for. But I think there's actually something that we gain even right now, even in like the 30 seconds, that there's a pleasure you gain from being free and from not constantly beating up your body with all the lies that you tell it and the sexually broken actions that you take. Okay. And so... <laughs> and so number three is that I kind of already said this but Jesus deserves a lifetime of pursuit even in his own right and even if it was just to honor our magnificent love and magnificent obsession Jesus then it would be enough for us to just love him with our whole bodies and to just you know get rid of all the sexually broken actions but I do think there's some freedom and victory that we can have even in this life that we don't have to push into the millennium you know when Jesus comes back that we can actually be free and have victory over sin right now that I actually think that there was a moment where the saints were actually losing but where God turned the tables and gave them the power to overcome Satan Okay. And so number four is that body image issues can be rooted in the demonic influence. It's not a rational problem. And so that you, there's no way that you can prove to someone who thinks that they're fat that they're not fat by look at this or look at your, uh, look at your BMI or something like that. Like if they feel fat on the inside, they're going to feel fat on the outside. Okay. And the last one is that you are created in the image of God and you look like your daddy. He is the most beautiful and thus so are you. So you just got to deal with it. <laughs> Okay, so the last thing I want to mention here, guys, is um, I, we, I know we just went through a review, but I know sometimes there's these, these counter-arguments that we form in our mind. Some of you might be thinking, but dude, I can actually prove factually that I am fat or something like that. Like, I really do need to lose weight. Look, man, if you really believe that, what I want to say to you is that don't think for one second that because of your weight, because you're incredibly skinny, or because you're incredibly fat in your own opinion, that you what in the world, <laughs> that you are not beautiful. If you want to change your weight, then do it as an act of worship. Start going to the gym and start eating healthy as an act of worship to God. But understand this, you cannot possibly hide the beauty that God has placed inside of you under layers of adipose tissue. You can't do it. And you can't hide the beauty that God has hidden inside of you underneath all those things that you feel like's wrong with you. Like my body's misshapen here or here or I'm really skinny. Like you literally cannot mask the glory that God has placed inside of you. And we don't get the full picture of what daddy God looks like without the beauty of men and women. Okay. And so I think if we start treating ourselves like we're beautiful, then we'll actually know God better. I think if we start treating each other like we're beautiful, then we'll start to see what our dad looks like. And that's what we want. Jesus is our magnificent obsession, right? Okay. So the last thing I wanted to say is just going back to the painting, you know, like if, if God created something and, and, uh, and we criticize it, even if we criticize our own body, talking about the way that our body looks ugly, then it actually brings dishonor towards God. 
So I just wanted to end in letting you guys know that it's not really just for free to say like, oh yeah, I'm just kind of ugly. That it actually is something that hurts God for two reasons. Not just because he's a father who loves you, but also because he's the creator. And you're speaking to the skill of the artist if you're saying that you look all ugly. So if you don't agree with any of the stuff that I just preached, know this. That when you bring dishonor to your body, that it actually brings dishonor to creator God. Okay? Cool. So now I just kind of want to end in a word of prayer. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, yeah. So I'm just going to release. I'm not even going to get out of my life. Okay, so I just want to pray over you guys really quick, and I actually believe, not just because like I'm super spiritual or because this is church, I believe that something is going to happen when I pray, because Jesus Christ himself, Yeshua, Lord of all, actually loves you, and he wants to encounter you. So right now when I pray for you, I believe that something is going to happen, and I'm going to release it right now. So Lord Jesus, I just bless all of your people in Jesus' name. I just thank you that they are your image bearers, that they are your beautiful ones, that you have anointed to actually share your beauty on the earth. That there's a reason God made himself hard to find and invisible. That he wanted you to reveal all of the multifaceted aspects of his glory. And if he showed his face to us right now, y'all, we would die. But if he showed you your brothers and sisters, you could understand and know his beauty in a way that you had a physical tie. So I just pray that right now that God would release the power for you to be able to see Jesus Christ in other people. That when you look into the eyes of your brothers and sisters, that you would see Jesus in their eyes. And I just want to end by saying, Lord Jesus, would you give us the ability to see Jesus Christ in our own eyes? That when we all go home and we look in the mirror, I just declare that in the morning when you look in a mirror and you look yourself in the eyes, that Jesus is going to let you see part of himself in you. That he has chosen to reveal himself through you. And so when you look into your own eyes, you can know that Jesus is in your eyes. Okay, and so I just pray right now that in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of heaven, that he would release to you the ability to see himself inside of you. To see that his high priestly prayer was one of his words that did not fall to the ground. And that you actually dwell with him and he dwells in you. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And guys, before, before we end here... Um, I just wanted to encourage you to, uh, I realize I kind of didn't set this up totally properly, but <laughs> uh, I want to encourage you guys, we're going to break up into groups for a second here, and um, I, when you get in your group, I want you to go into a time of prayer and just ask the Lord to reveal some part about the way that you look that is beautiful, okay? So when we break up into these groups right now, we're going to start out with a prayer time of just listening prayer and saying, God, would you speak to me something about my body? And then we're just going to share, we're going to share what you hear with, with uh, the other person. Yeah. It's good. Perfect. Dude. Okay. Can we just thank God for the, yeah. the word? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! 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 Wo
in a second, but I'm just, oh, this is, this was really good. Yeah. Man. This is really good. This isn't, this wasn't just like a good speech. Like it was super anointed, full of the word yeah, of God. Come on. Full of like life changing moments, dude. Yeah, like on. we're all getting changed tonight because yeah. God is speaking through you. That's yeah. cool. And so we just, we just bless you. And so we just declare blessing. We declare increase over, over yeah. David. We just thank you for the gift. And, and I, even Patricia King randomly picked you out and prophesied to you about your speaking. And so, God, we know you're doing something, God, and we're experiencing the fruit of it. And so we bless him. Uh, We declare, God, that just just increase and that fruit would continue to come forth from this man's life. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you, and we see it happening. He sought you in the secret place, and you're rewarding him openly with our lives getting changed. And we thank you for it today. We bless David Knox. Yeah. We bless him. And and because you say it to us all the time, we declare it back to you. Success! Success!